Welcome and happy Friday, my friends. This is Joy Kitanga Dash Dabo. We know that Dash, it is simply the voice and the word that we use to just tease and have fun on this platform. I am your host and I love, love being here. And I want to wish you happy Friday if you're listening it on Friday. If you're listening it in the week, again, I want to wish you a well, well, well journey in life of Christian life. I am so excited about this podcast because it is going to share a message about our Christian identity, our faith, and how do we develop this Christian identity. I am so excited that my friend and also a Bible teacher that accepted to be my guest speaker over here today. And I want to share a little bit about my guest speaker today's very special day, this podcast as you are tuning in. Before I get to share with you a little bit about my guest, I want you to click the share, the follow if you have not followed yet, share if you have not yet, and also thank you from the bottom of my heart to all our guests, our, those that are subscribed, those that are followers, those that have hit the button, the bell on their podcast, whatever platform that you use that you may get notification each time that uh, I publish the podcast. I thank you for your support, your prayer, and your contribution in any way, any type of form. I would like to invite you. I'm currently doing a women, Christian women mentorship program. If you have not signed up yet, I want to invite you to go over to gotimprint.com forward slash mentorship and sign up for the mentorship. We are still in the, in the beginning where you can join us and be connected to the group. It is so much fun. You get to unlock your spiritual potential and learn your Christian identity in the process discovering who God says that you are. This podcast is definitely, definitely going to be an introduction to this uh, mentorship program because it, I'm going to share with my guests about how I discover my Christian identity. And also our guest is going to share some stuff that are so good some so good. When we were doing the interview, I was so excited that I wanted myself. I was like, ooh, let me take this for myself. So let me introduce my guests, and then we're going to get back together on the, this uh, platform to hear the story and, uh, and the message. Okay, so Alexa Sorrent is... Uh, is she, she wanted me to mention this part of, uh, of her bio. Is uh, She's 76 year old have uh and always have been a student in life a and she's a statistical programmer most recently with the application to genetics come on somebody learning about genetics talking about who we are who you are about your genes right she's a wife and a mother and a seeker of relationship with god so do you know this is gonna be really, really juicy as I am talking to someone who is a seeker of a relationship with God. The older, she says, the older she gets, the more she realizes and learns to focus on loving God through loving others. 
without delaying, without any other comment, I just want us to get started. Take your pen, take your journals, and take your Bible. Let's go. center ourselves in you, Lord, right now, because we are about to talk on, on the matter of faith, Lord God. We are about to talk about a prayer answered. We are about to talk about you, O God, in the way that connected Alexa and I in your divine providence work, Lord. And we know that, God, as we share this, that we are not the expert, we're not the uh, professional or professionalism in this, but a matter is of, of the heart, oh God. That's how I see it, Lord God, where you orchestrate everything and it touched our heart in a very special way, Lord. So guide us, Lord, in our conversation. And God, guide our words, oh God, that wherever the listener hears it, O oh God. Let it bless their heart, Lord. Let it touch their heart as well. And that maybe it's a woman on her way home and has been wondering to go back to church, but remembers the trauma and the, and the, and the resistance that she feels about church. Let this message, O oh God, touch her heart and give her the opportunity to start over again with you. It may be a pastor, oh God, or a Bible study teacher, Lord God, wondering what's the next Bible study that's going to be impactful and that's going to touch the heart of the people because they know and they believe in you. So I ask you, oh God, that you will also touch their heart, that you will touch their heart, Heavenly Father, with the right message, with the right timing that will touch a heart and that will be an eternal impact. God, we thank you and we bless you for this time such as this, Lord God. Who would have thought, who would have thought, Lord God, that in 2008, oh God, when we gathered to worship, to fellowship, when my heart was broken, that today it will turn into a podcast that will impact the lives of others. So we thank you for this privilege, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. That one took me deeper than I needed to go. Only <laughs> <laughs> where you did need to go. <laughs> oh. So here I am again on this special, very special interview that I'm having today with my special guest, Alexa Sorrent. We are going to be talking about the matter of faith, Christian identity. 
I don't know about you, but I grew up with uh, as they call a PK. And a PK is for pastor's kid. You are expected to know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. You're supposed to know who Abraham is. You're supposed to know even Marian and even the unnamed women with the bleeding issue. What was her name? Because you are a PK. Anybody feel that stress and that anxiety as a PK? But besides that, the pressure of learning my Christian identity. I struggled with that at a very early age. I knew I loved the Lord and I knew I wanted him to be part of my life because my parents, my mom being in the women's ministry and my dad being a pastor and mom being a midwife. And they demonstrated so much passion in their service for God that I was curious. I shared this previously with you that curiosity is the beginning and the drive of our faith when we stay curious. So I was curious, oh, who this God that my parents serve and, and minister about? But I never felt close enough because it, feel, it felt like there were restrictions. Consequently, I lived for a very long time, my teenage year, pursuing, chasing after this God that I've yet to discover that I needed this call Christian identity. I love dressing my tank top. I love dressing with my ears. I love dressing my tight clothes. But in the church, those tight clothes, as I remember, they were making feel judge, left behind and not fitting in the kingdom. So I struggle with my identity. I basically said, what the heck? Let me leave it behind. I don't want to do what? I don't want this Christian identity anyway, because they're full of hypocrite in there anyway. But the love of God never left because I still wanted to know who's this God. It was not until, until in my young adult age, I enter in the church sanctuary here in the United States. So I grew up and I was raised, born, raised in the Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, Central Africa. And I am entering in this, in this, in this church. And I was bitter. I was angry at the time. And I see this poster on the bulletin board. Praise God for those women and men who change those bulletin board every single week to update it. God bless them because your work is impactful. And this story is going to reveal the change that happened as a result of that bulletin. So I found this bulletin that says, are you seeking to understand your Christian identity? At least of some sort of that, because I remember Christian identity strike me and I wanted to be part of it. So today my guest is Alex Sorrent, who is a wonderful friend and uh, I get to meet her in this in the church where I, I used to go in Maryland and uh, she is what you work in the IT field but also have a heart for the Lord and teaching the word of God. I don't know if she herself knew at the time that uh, I was going through identity crisis and that I needed to know what and who am I in Christ. So I want to welcome you, 
Alexa to our platform. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this path and this journey with me. Welcome to the stage. Thank you. <laughs> I, I remember knowing you first from choir, I think, because you had a beautiful voice and it was a real addition to the choir. And um, because I'm a older generation, maybe we didn't do as many other things together in churches as that. But uh, as the opportunity arose for us to be in a small group together, that was lovely. And I appreciated getting to know you better. And, and, and now knowing your journey has gone so far since then, it's just really a thrill to see you again and to see where God has taken you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, before we dive in into the book itself and uh, how we got to actually what led you to choose that Bible study, what were you thinking? As you mentioned, quite, frankly, it is through music that you and I connected singing in the choir, which is one of the ways that I've always wanted to do. It's, uh, it was giving me an opportunity as a child. I've always wanted to sing in the choir, because one of my favorite songs is Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. This is my story. This is my song. I knew I was meant to sing for the Lord, to give him praise, <laughs> but I couldn't sing. It was like, it was chaos. So when I got there and I was invited to sing in the choir, that was just itself a journey. So can you share with us a little bit about your journey with music and how, uh, how you, you know, being a quiet in the choir and, and what does that feels for you? Well, that's an interesting question. I, I never thought about my journey in terms of music so much, but it, has definitely added a lot to my life. My spiritual journey was very different from yours. I did not grow up in church. Uh, my parents did not go to church, but there was some desire that I have a religious education, I guess, just so that I wasn't completely different from everybody around me. So I was in seventh grade when I first uh, was taken to church or Sunday school. And at that time, I had the feeling that everybody else knew all about it. Like you were saying, the preacher's kid had to know this and that. Well, I didn't. And so I was struggling to catch up. And so I studied hard all the Sunday school lessons and everything. And, uh, but I wasn't sure what I believed. I was the kind of person that wanted to come to a decision logically using my mind. And at a certain point, and I was a teenager, I realized that I was never going to have the answer about God just using my mind. It just wasn't going to happen. There was not proof, you know, one way or the other. So I made a decision that, it, and it, it was kind of a selfish decision that, I had more to lose if God was real and I turned against him. But if God was not real, but I followed what I imagined God to be, you know, that wasn't going to cost me anything that, you know, why not? So that was just a decision. And I joined a church at that time and I 
went through the motions, but it wasn't, it wasn't as much a feeling thing as just a decision I had made. And music, I always enjoyed music, but music in the church um, was especially, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. There was a feeling of community in a choir and singing together. And that was important to me. And the music itself, like when I was a child and not in church, I remember Christmas time and singing Christmas carols and certain ones gave me this thrill that I didn't really know what it was, but I loved it. And church music didn't, not always, but often would give me that feeling like, yeah, there's something special going on. And um, so my spiritual journey, you know, had several chapters and different events that connected me closer to God. And the study you're talking about, The Edge of Adventure, was one of those, you know, special times for me. When I first did it, it was in the 1970s in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And our associate pastor, or maybe he was an intern, uh, invited a group of, of 12 people to meet together regularly. And because of how important that was to me and my husband, uh, we tried to carry that experience when we moved and went to other churches. We we did that. And it wasn't the same. You know, it, I mean, it it's so funny. I mean, this is my feeling about small groups in general or maybe any experience more than once I've tried to repeat an experience that was so good and I'm somewhere else and I try to repeat it and it's just not the same. When I learned to relax and not try to run the show and let God bring me whatever he would bring me and, and to be open to a new experience, that was wonderful. So that that was an important lesson I learned. Don't try to duplicate. Just be open to what God has for you this time. Mm. But but there were things about these experiences that that gave me an extra. I don't know if it was enlightenment or or just a a sense in my heart of of what God was about and the relationship between us was important to me. And so by the time this came up at Epworth, the church that you and I were in together, I don't even know what prompted me to start it at that time. But it was, again, not trying to repeat, but just trying to provide that possibility that that of 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 an, an, a God connecting experience to other people. and. You know, it helped me get to know people that I didn't know as well. And really, after that, you know, people went in different directions. And, you know, and I really hadn't seen any of you for a long time. So I didn't really know how things turned out. So that's why I'm so happy to see you now and how things have turned out for you. 
Wow, that's that's amazing. Um, the the connection and the journey. Thank you for sharing that journey. And the book that we are talking about for those that are listening to our listener, it's called The Edge of Adventure Group Experience by uh, Bruce Larson, Keith Miller, and Lesel um, Hazel Hazel Larson, if I pronounce the name well. But um, in this in this setting in this book, as uh, Alexa shared, that uh, it's about creating. I love how you shared that it's about creating an experience, uh, creating because you surrender it and say, you know what, I'm not gonna try to organize and orchestrate everything that uh, need to happen in here, but I'm gonna trust God to take over and do what it is. And I believe uh, that's where. That's where the seed and the foundation of faith begins, because it begins with the teacher themselves, right? I think it begins with you as you are laying that surrendering experience and say, you know what, God, here, here's the platform and use it. And he just brings people in to this space. And I love that, um, that part of the story. But how, how was it for you, um, actually, um, choosing you you say that you do this uh, you wanted to do it another experience but as a leader as a bible study leader what is the one thing that you get to enjoy the most or or find thrilling when you you know that okay i gotta start this and i gotta prepare for this or any of those things about being a bible study leaders that you just find either exciting or challenging First, I have to say that I don't have a lot of experience as a leader of, of, of a group. Um, when my husband and I took it to other places, like I, I was, he may have led the way one time and then another time it was our current pastor, you know, or something. So I'm not an experienced leader of groups, but something, and I don't really remember what it was reminded me of that particular study that I had been through before and several times and at least two of those times there were very significant things that happened to me as that I learned from it and the the possibility of sharing that situation with other people you know I think I was kind of timid about leading it, but I knew I had had gained a lot from it and, you know, thought, well, let's let's make that opportunity available to other people. And that's really, really what I was thinking, Um, because the leader doesn't have to do that much. But, you know, just (laughs) read the words and ask the questions and that all of that kind of thing. So I didn't feel as responsible for it. I just it was an opportunity that I wanted to make available to other people. But let me say one other thing about this particular study in, in the, um, the, the reading book, I think besides the response manual that um, has a subtitle, which I think was very important. So it's the edge of adventure, but the subtitle is an experiment in faith. Mm -hmm. And that, experiment that whole idea of experiment was what i connected with the first time i went through it mm-hmm. because and and 
to me, that was exciting. And that was what I wanted to, to share with other people. Experiment of faith. Um, you, for me, I, when I signed up for, when I saw the bulletin that day, I was going through, I, I want to walk through a little bit of what was I, I was I going through. I was in the middle transition of a teenage to young adult. And the teenage to young adult, that's the place where, again, for the, our listener, transitioning periods are the place of rustling, are the place where um, the enemy also find pleasure to tip top because you don't know which way you want to go. And if you, if I can bring a character that is coming to mind, you know, y'all, I got to bring my Bible characters here is Jacob. Jacob is finding himself from leaving Laban's house, going to, um, to meet his, he's hearing that he's about to meet with his brother who he have ran from for a very long time. But what is he meeting him as? So he's wrestling in that transition period with God in the middle of the day. That's my personal translation. Okay, y'all. <laughs> but here we go. And that transition for me, I'm experiencing um, culture shock. I just came from the from Africa not too long ago after uh, after moving to Epworth. And, uh, and I lost my mother. And I'm trying to understand this identity called Christian in the in the Christian faith and what does it even mean and trying to fit in where do I fit in in this and how does God sees me in this community of his how does it God sees me even or using my gift at this time I've not even known what gift do I have because I've not I've not been told that you have this special gift or you know I've been seeking that all my life and then he goes like, no, you got to know your identity first, right? Your identity. And I feel like for so long, so many people, they go on a journey in life, call themselves Christian, but actually never have the experience to call themselves, this is my identity. I appreciate the Jewish culture. The Jewish culture, they grow in it as a Jewish. They're raised, born, keep going. The Muslim, the same way you're born as Muslim. The Hindu, all these other. But when it comes to Christian identity, it's really hard to say, this is what it looks like, or this is what the Bible is there to give us. And in this process here, I'm trying to figure out what does that look like it, anyway? <laughs> And I see this flyer. When I see this flyer, we begin the study. We'll come there. You will host us very quiet and very, very subtle. It was not judgmental. It was not, uh, it was not, you better have the answer because if you don't have the answer, Jesus will cook out. I felt more connected to the group than I actually felt connected to the church. And I want, I want, I don't know if you ever thought about this, even for your experience of being in a Bible study when you started this, to this place of uh, the power and the, and of, uh, of, I don't know where to go with this question, but I just feel that, you know, the group, how it opened, you know, there's, there were, there were imperfect people. When you come to the church, you feel like you got to be perfect. You got to have all the answer. But when you, when one comes to a group, and I want if we can talk a little bit about the importance or the, the, the importance of us Christian connecting to a group. 
you know, it's hard, you know, because now nowadays we're living in a time of mega churches. <laughs> mm. We're living in a time of mega churches. So the church is getting bigger, bigger, and it's easy for us to just hide in the church all our pain, all our suffering, especially as women, to just say, I'm invisible. Let me just get there, hear the message, and I'm out. But I want us to talk because I want our hear and our listener to know, you know, you need to connect to a group and the importance, you know, and, and, and the disclaimer here is we're not professionalists or specialists in this subject, but we're talking from a place of our faith and, and our heart for the, for the call, you know, how, God has used you that impacted me. So it is a fact that it impacted me. I'm here to impact someone else. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear you say that because I have learned on both sides how many times God uses somebody to reach somebody else without that person ever knowing it. You know, I've had times when I needed something from another person and, you know, just because I was down, I needed some kind of affirmation or, or know that somebody cared about me and I would get a call. And later on, when I'd tell people how much that meant to me, they were totally surprised. Like they didn't even remember the phone call, but God used them. And the fact that God uses something I did, you know, to reach somebody else when I didn't know that I was doing anything special. I mean, you know, that's just exciting to be part of, of what God does. Now, about connecting with people. Uh, small groups have been very important to me in my life. And as you say, it's you, you can feel much more connected there than you might to a large church. And I think Part of that is because with fewer people at a time, you let yourself open up more. And, you know, you may get to trust those people more and, you know, maybe believe you're going to be listened to. And I've been in different kinds of small groups, but this Edge of Adventure was my first one. That was my first small group adventure. Not the one you were in, but the one many years before that. That and and then I was in different kinds of groups, whether they were prayer groups or Bible study groups or singing groups. The there were just there was something about that that knit people together, and I totally believe that a a loving relationship with God and a loving relationship with other people are so wrapped up together you can't have one without the other and loving yourself is part of it too when when jesus said love others as yourself that you know you you've got to love god you've got to love other people you've got to love yourself and and really that is all wrapped up together so for me a small group has been an opening to do that and it's not always the same kind of group um, but, and it, and it doesn't always happen the same way, but it, there's more, um, more possibility of, of, of that opening up and connection than there is in a large group, large group you need to do things, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, 
you know, you need a certain number of people to make a choir. You need a certain number of people to accomplish a a mission of some kind. Mm. And, and, you know, and it's good to be together, but Mm. not the same level of connection you have with the smaller number. Mm. I love that. that. I love that you you're you're bringing you're bringing you could take I love when when I can feel the Holy Spirit is taking us deeper into this conversation of the power of group setting right even when you remember when we remember in Acts the church started as a group as a, it was a small group up in the upper room they get to feel that uh, I love how you put you said it earlier is that in a smaller group that you get to open up. And, and I believe that that's, that's one of the, the curious, staying curious. When you open up, God finds an opportunity or God finds a way to come in and say, listen, here I am. And that's going to take us to the, to, to my experience with this session that transform my life forever. Um, and uh, in the way that I teach uh, and facilitate groups, uh, especially prayer, because I lead most of the time women's um, mentorship program for prayer, teaching how to pray. So that opening up, it allowed me to open up and say, Lord, here I am. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Actually putting God on bait, right? And say, okay, Christian identity. You want me to discover my Christian identity? Let's do it. And you say that important place of, uh, it's a place to open up where you feel you can open up. You will find people in this group, maybe who are going and experiencing brokenness in that season, like I was, or maybe people that are gone out of that season of brokenness. Maybe some people that are entering and that's, that's how the, the small group in the church, we all are there. We are, we are, it's the ark. Okay. It's the ark of Noah. The church is the ark where everybody, two by twos, all kind of animals, all kind of, I'm not calling people animals, but I'm just saying all kind of people that are coming in and we all have our experience. This experience of opening up in a small group. And I remember if we can take one of the, um, I, I don't know if you have your book with you there. It's the, yep. uh, the session three, taking the gamble and commitment. Ooh, y'all, we're about to go someplace here. Okay. <laughs> yep. This was a, uh, I remember it, and uh, you can hop in at any time here uh, as we're having this conversation. Um, Alexa, you can hop in at any time. But I remember this particular study, Taking the Gamble. I, I do not have my full book here, but I have my, my study guide. And the study guide, I have cherished this little book. I still yet to find out where my uh, my copy book is. And uh, but this little Bible, this study oh. guide is not going anywhere because let me tell you, I have also marked a page in that study guide because one of the important things that happened to me was in that session. Mm. But the different times I've been through it, different things have come to me, and so this was not the thing in the first session, but the, one of the later ones was in that same. In that same session. So. Mm, mm, look at that. Look at that. So in the session three, it's talking about taking the gamble. Commitment slash commitment right here. 
the commitment. This was where now the the question joy and God was wrestling with. And uh, in this session here, we get to talk about Luke 15. If you do not know Luke 15, Luke 15 is the, is the, in the gospel of Luke, where you talk about three different kinds of loss. There's a loss of the coin, loss of the sheep, and the loss of the prodigal son. And in this section here, we're talking about the prodigal son story. And I remember we're sitting and Alex introduced the, this session and say, we're going to listen to an audio. And try your best to listen to what the the narrator is going to read the chapter 15 of the prodigal son. And uh, what we were going to do in this session setting here, it was going to listen to the narrator and pick or not even pick and identify which of the character do you identify with in the story. And I remember we were laughing, you know, this is that it could be a cow. It could be, you know, you could identify with the cow. You could identify with the sun. You could identify with the worker. Whoever you identify, pick the story. I want, um, I don't know if you have any comment before I continue about the experience of uh, what was the setting about. You can probably narrate this setting more better than I do because I want our listener to. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I can do that. I mean, that was so meaningful to me at, at a certain time in my life. Mm-hmm. But I'd kind of like to hear how it, how it affected you first. All right. So here we go. So as I sit down there, right, you, you gave us the instruction and then the instruction, the, 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 you press place. And this is play. We're not talking about our iPad, y'all. We're not talking about iPad. We're talking about old cassette with the little click button. You can hear the click. That means that, and the, and the tape start rolling. And uh, as it was rolling, I hear they start narrating the story in my mind at this time. I'm like, well, I don't have any special gifts. So who said that I'm going to hear the pl- it's playing, right? Y'all, the, 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 the narrator is reading the story. And in the back of my mind, I'm already reciting how I'm not going to hear from God. I've never heard God. I don't even know what God's voice is. And why should I care now? This Christian identity, this is third session, session one. I felt nothing. Session two, I felt nothing. It is going in the back of my mind. And then. As they get to the person, like, well, maybe I'll be the cow. So I'll just say I'm the victim because I was in that place of being a victim. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be associated with a, a, a sense of, I don't know, some people may see the cow a different form, but I know that I was, I wanted to be at the place of, sorry, Joy. You know, yes, you know, you've been a victim in all of your life. So this and da 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 da. You know, I've used all you all up, right? I wanted God to justify the pain and the suffering and the hurt that I've gone through in my life. And it's like, okay, no, I feel nothing. So I see it's not, it's nothing, not the cow. And I was, suddenly I felt I wanted to become the prodigal son. I wanted the welcome and faith, like welcome home. Let's do a party for you. I wanted God to give me that. I wanted God to give me that. And I didn't get it. And I hear this settle. Again, remember what Alexa said. Alexa said, it's what? In the group setting, my heart, I did not know was opened already. 
and I hear the subtle love and word of wisdom. The first time I get to hear the voice of God. Joy, everything I have, you've always had. This is your son, your brother, who have gone astray and now he's returning. I began to cry. I'm the older brother. <laughs> Instead of celebrating this intimate moment that I just had with God, I began to cry. I'm an older brother. That's how I sound like to God. But and then it gave me so much joy to know that everything that I've always have, God already gave it to me. So it gave me a different perspective. And I believe that's where I my Christian identity came from. And the, the story, the Luke 15 story has always been my story. This is my story. And I'm proud to share about it every day. I'm proud to say I'm, I sound like an older brother every now and then. But that's how I got to experience there and it changed the way after this session, how I approach the next session and the next session and the next session. And it's always, every time I go back to Luke 15, to how I lead today, to how I interact today, every single day, that knowing. It is so, so important to put yourself in a position where you hear what God's message is to you. Because I firmly believe that God's message to you in one time and place might be a different one at a different time and place. And he knows what you need at a given time. My experience, it was sort of similar to yours. And this was maybe, oh, at least the second, maybe third time through. So I knew what the questions were going to be. I knew what was coming up. And I had in mind what I thought my answer was going to be, just like you thought you would be the cow. Okay. I thought I would. I would identify with the father with two sons who each seemed to think the other one got a better deal, you know, because I had two sons, you know, who are not always getting along. And, and, and this is kind of, I, I couldn't, but, you know, I tried, I listened during the session to enter it fresh and I was so caught by surprise. Like God pointed me to something totally different from what I, when I was in control, what I thought, okay, when I opened up something else. I had been a Christian in my mind for a, a long time, in my heart for not as long, but still, you know, I, I was there sort of. But I always had doubts like, am I committed enough? You know, am I, am I really you know, right with God, or am I still holding back too much? And, and, you know, so I had that kind of wondering, and there were two experiences that answered that question for me. And this was one of them. This was the first one. And in that, in that moment, the words, so you had particular words that stood out for you, and there were particular words that stood out for me and caught me. And those words were, while it was still a long way off. I can hardly talk about this without crying, really. 
um, it dawned on me that God didn't wait for us to make it all the way. Mm. Mm. That the fact, and, and I always read that story as thinking when the son decided to go back to his father, he was doing it for totally selfish reasons. It wasn't so much that he really repented but he regretted that he didn't he didn't have a decent job or food to mm. eat and he knew he'd get he knew at least as a servant he mm. would be treated decently there and so he planned ahead what he was going to say and everything and he was going to say the right words and maybe his heart wasn't in it at that point but you know he made the decision to go and and once he was on the way and the father saw him a long way off and came and went the rest of the way with him. Mm-hmm. And that made all the difference to me. It's like, okay. I, kn- I knew I was never going to earn a place with God by my actions. But at least I was supposed to have this level of commitment. And I wasn't even sure if I had enough of that. And it was like God putting his arms around me saying, I'm with you the rest of the way. Mm. Yes, a long way. He sees us from a far place and he sees us coming. And as he sees us approach, whether our intention, I love that, whether our intention was, you know what, I just need a place. I'm really not coming fully repented. But he still see us from afar that that's my son coming home he's not seeing us from afar that oh there's joy coming home finally she made up her mind that she wants there's joy there's alex coming back home finally he ran out of money no he only sees here's my son coming home here is my daughter coming home i love that i love that here she's coming here is he coming and maybe that's you right now, you're listening right now, and you're wondering, should I return home? Whether you're thinking about returning home, the physical home, you want to reconcile with your mother and with your father. Whether you be like, I want to reconcile and have peace with God. Whether you are in your last stage of life and you're in the bed and you're hearing this. As I've shared before, God does not ask, where are you to condemn us? He simply asks you to come home. And that for you, dear friends, whether it is for you who's uh, wanting to make peace, it doesn't matter how you left home, why you left home, why you, you stopped going to church. Right now, it's about that you taking that step of going back home. Whether you're going home fully repented or not, God is saying, just come home. Just come home and I will receive you. I'm ready. I'm looking at the window. I'm looking day and night, day and in and out for you to come home. So take courage. Do the next step. The next church, as I would say, my dad always say to me, Alexa, Joy, wherever you go, find a church. Joy, and and it's in me, wherever you go, find a church. And he says this word that I want to impart in our listener as well. When you find a church, don't look at the people that are in the church. 
but seek God. Mm-hmm. Because you can find an empty building called and the sign there says church, Baptist, Methodist, whatever, da, 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 and you may not agree, but you enter there because you're seeking God. You will find him. You will find him. So wherever you are, wherever you are in your journey with the church, find a new church, go there and seek God. Not the people, not the favor with the, the, the ministers or the lady, the first lady, but intentionally going to church to seek God. And you will find him because he said that in Jeremiah 29, 13. When you, will, when you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. Step into that church, connect to the group. And as we've shared into this podcast, connecting to the group, you will realize there are people who may have gone through what you're going through, but open heart is a key. And also when you finish, when you open your heart, it is a commitment. You want to commit to God. For me, when I heard that Luke 15, 31 to 32, and I'm going to read it for all of us. It says this. My son, for me was my daughter, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Especially verse 31 is mine. I have even written it in my notes here, right here. <laughs> I have it in my notes written there. And uh, here I want to read some of the, the, the response that I wrote uh, in 2008 to the question of reflection. It says, explain or describe why you feel like that character at the particular point in the story you choose. The woman who felt like the faded calf said it was because she felt exploited by her family and particular friends. And here is my answer. In my life, I always felt like some kind of unfairness in life. That I want to seek for more someone, quote unquote, God, to tell me that I was in the right path when I did something, and always, that means affirmation, and always thought that I had nothing. And here I am realizing I always have him. That was me writing 2008. I thought that I had nothing. And here I am realizing I've always have him. What a greatest gift to discover your Christian identity. Is your Christian, is it what? Is your identity in faith or faith? And I don't know, Alexa, this has been a great interview. I just, I, we can keep going, but I want to know if, um, if you want to share anything, uh, before we close, any thoughts that you have, um, regard to the issue of faith or Christian identity or about this study itself or anything. I could go on and say lots of things that probably are not related, but I will say as I get older and I'm 76 now, but the older I get. Yeah, she looks fabulous for 76. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> you look very, well, very young for 76. I, I will say that Zoom hides a lot, so <laughs> that's okay. Um, but the older I get, the less I depend on or feel sure about every detail of the doctrine, you know, of the church. And at the same time, the more connected and the more sure I am of the essentials. And to me, the essential, and I even, I even wrote this out because, you know, after going to a bunch of funerals and memorial services, I started to think, what do people know about me? What will people remember about me? And what do I want people to remember about me? So I actually wrote it down mm. that what I believe in the most is love. That's what I believe God is all about. That's what I read in the Bible that Jesus said is, is important. And the essential of, of love and what 1 Corinthians 13 describes as love. You know, it's patient, kind, forgiving, uh, hopeful, not giving up, never ending. Um, this is what Paul saw as love and what I experience as love from God. And the happiest I ever am in my life is when I feel part of that mm -hmm. loving God loving other people feeling loved you know and and other people will fail you always I mean not all the time but you know inevitably we are not God but God gives us the standard mm -hmm. and the forgiveness and the power to try again mm -hmm. and you know even though we're not all the way home yet. It's okay because he already loves us. Mm -hmm. He already is going with us the rest of the way. And whether we understand or have the right words to describe what we believe in is not as important as trusting him, feeling safe with him, and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable to be open to what he has for us and how he can use us to help other people, even when we don't know about it. Mm. And that, that to me is just amazing. And it's, mm. it's exciting to be part of it. Amen. So. Amen. And impact experiencing, as you all know, that uh, here at voice imprint and in the larger umbrella of God imprint ministry, it's all about leaving the imprint of God's love. I love how you segue us into that statement oh. to remind us that, yes, leave the imprint of God's love. Thank you so much, Alex, for taking uh, uh, your time and coming to share with me the journey back in the days where I started my Christian identity. I never thought how many years is now we'll call it what is it over <laughs> 10 8 18 so yes two decades almost i guess i don't know y'all you <laughs> do the math it has been 15 a while. 15 
15 sometimes it's over or it's over a decade that's all i know 13 in 2018 was 10 years so now we're over we are over 10 years of uh, of this journey of my christian faith and i thank you for for your obedience to god to post that uh, flyer on that bulletin board and also for being available to host this uh, experience where I discover my Christian identity and embrace that that I've always have God and that there's no need to be chasing and trying to impress and trying to do all these things that I did in the past that affected me uh, along the way. I don't think it broke me, but I feel and believe that God put all the pieces together and today I am using it and I believe leaving the imprint of God's love as well. So thank you so very much. And, uh, um, before we get to go, I, I, I love, I love to, to surprise my, my guests with this question. <laughs> and oh. it's always, <laughs> I always get interesting response to this and say, if you are to, to, to have an opportunity to, to correct one thing about our Christian life or Christian identity. Sometimes my my true way of saying this is like, if you can punch a Christian, what would a punch be about? <laughs> yes, and that's the look I always like because nobody ever gets it. <laughs> Many people will criticize Christian people. Oh, they're this, but then oh. I always give the opportunity, like if you can punch them, what would that be about? But uh, we've just talked about faith and, uh, and, and, and if there is, if there is not, it's okay. <laughs> but I always like to, to end it with that question. So it's a humor and also a, a thought provoking question. If you can change. Anything. I'm not really prepared, but <laughs> I'll say two things. One is listen more. Mm. But the other thing that kind of goes along with it, and this is a quote from a, a former pastor of mine from from New Orleans that he said one time, and I it it meant so much to me. I wrote it down: is we are not God. Mm. God is God. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Amen. 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 Ready to go. You hear that, Christian folks out there? Remember to listen more and to know that we are not God. God is still God. On that note, we're going to close us in prayer and then we're going to, I'm going to be right back with you all. God, thank you. Thank you for the reminder that we are not you, Lord God. You are still on the throne, you are still in control. Thank you for, for this opportunity to talk, to laugh, to remember, especially for me, where I've come from. Thank you for, for your daughter, Alexa, and for bringing her on this platform, Lord. I ask that you will be with her, with her family, and guide her. And may you continue to, to strengthen her in her faith journey. And we will love all of us, oh God. To say, like Paul said, I have what? I've completed my race and I've kept my faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
All right, friends, that is the end of our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took note because, uh, listen, our Christian journey, our identity is found in Christ. And there's no better place to discover that identity as you have heard and listened to our podcast is uh, through a small group, through the church. The church is part of Christ. And you, I, I want to invite you to go find yourself a church, a place that you will connect with and open your heart, open your heart and trust what God will do in the process. I thank you all for your support. If you have not, please share this with those that you know who need this. Until next time, remember to share God's love. Leave the imprint of God's love wherever you go. Stay blessed until next time. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.